0: Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we will simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Today's episode is actually a continuation of last week's episode, Three L's of Leadership. If you haven't listened to part one, you definitely want to check it out. So download the show notes and follow along if you can, if you're not driving, that is. My name is Amber Jordan, and as always, I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo.
1: Hey, 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 everybody. It's good to be with you. And I am looking forward to the continuation and the uh, ending of this great series here.
0: Last week, we talked about the first two L's of leadership. Why don't you recap that briefly for us?
1: Well, the three L's of leadership are actually not the three L's, right? I mean, that's why you mentioned in the beginning, three L's of leadership. There's a ton of uh, things that you need to know about leadership. And we're talking about only three actions. And these three L's uh, are really important. And in fact, they represent the very important actions that leaders have to do every single day. And so the first two, Amber, that we talked about last week, of course, we're listen and learn. And listening means anyone can bloviate and most people do, right? Uh, And also that all leaders are good listeners. And Bernard Baruch, I said last week, mentioned that most of the successful people that I've known are the ones who do more of the listening and less of the talking. And for the learning piece, the learning L, would be that there are two questions that I always ask As a leader, when I'm coaching or mentoring somebody, when they embark on the leadership journey. And these questions are this: the first one is, What are the three books you're reading right now? Always very important. And the second one we talked about is who is teaching you?
0: So today we're going to turn our attention to the third L of leadership, which is leverage. Now, I'll be honest, the word leverage didn't sit right with me at first. It it feels like it has a bit of a negative connotation. So what do you mean when you say that leverage is an action that leaders must take?
1: That makes complete sense. And really, Amber, at first glance, the word leverage can definitely be seen as something of a negative connotation. However, it's one of the greatest and most helpful words if you're in the business of leadership. It's one that's going to help you and more importantly, the people that are under you, that expect you to make good decisions and help them get in uh, the right direction. In fact, the Greek philosopher Archimedes also uh, really talked about this. He said this, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it and I shall move the world. And that's really the essence of leadership because we can't do very much alone And the essence of leadership to the very core is needing other people to come alongside you and to help them so that you can get to a common vision. You see, you can't lead if there's nobody following you. So think about that and then apply that quote above that Archimedes says. And you'll be proud when you do because that is the recipe for great leadership.
0: I love that explanation because it doesn't just put a positive spin on the word leverage, but really puts into perspective how a bit of intentionality can have a huge impact. So Mo, maybe some of our listeners are out there and you've already totally inspired them to want to move the world, but some may be thinking, move the world? I'm just trying to get the ball rolling in a little piece of my world, which (laughs) we've all felt from time to time, right? So talk to us about the idea of leverage and how it really is a game changer for leaders.
1: Well, I really love that word leverage, and I've come to really embrace it over the years as a leader. And really, Amber, this is what leaders do. If you could break down leadership to the very base, this is it. Leveraging is about maximizing your advantage. So really the first question is leaders, are you maximizing your advantage wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're leading? If you were to just think about it in its simplicity, your job is to maximize maximize what's in front of you. It doesn't matter whether you have a little or if you have a lot. What matters is that you have something and leaders always do the best with what they have. In fact, One of my mentors used to tell me all of the time, Mo, leaders do one of two things. They either make excuses or then things happen, but they can't do both. And I'm like, oh man, so which one am I doing? Am Am I making excuses or am I making it happen? And really, Amber, I have to ask myself that every single day. So again, a question for you out there in the audience is, are you the type of person who makes excuses? or are you the type of person that makes things happen? Because one is a leader and one is not. Yikes,
0: that doesn't (laughs) sting any less than the first hundred times I heard you say that. Because I thought my excuses were excellent. I mean really, I worked hard on them and you didn't buy a single one of them. So instead we talked about the potential of what could be if we focus that time and energy on actually making things happen. There are three specific things that leaders can and should leverage if they really want to make things happen. So talk to us about number one.
1: Yeah, when it comes to leverage, Amber, the first thing that leaders need to think about is, am I leveraging my time? And if so, how am I leveraging my time? The great Warren Buffett uh, once said, the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. And so, Amber, what do you need to say no to more? For those of you in the audience, what do you need to say no to more? And that's such a great quote by Warren Buffett because, did you know this, Amber? Warren Buffett has never written a book about himself. I mean, there are tons of books out there, and people are really eager to hear what he has to say, and there's so many books written about him by other people because they just want to get in the mind. They want to get close to who he is. And I mean, he's written a collection of essays, and he's uh, written letters to investors over the years that have been published, but he's never really written a book. But people really want to know how is Warren Buffett so successful, because he's a man who understands the, the value and the meaning of time. And when you think about time as a leader, I want you to think about the word discipline. And I know. Discipline always (laughs) isn't the best word, right? And we've all grown up and thought, oh, discipline, that's bad. It means I did something wrong. But no, leaders take this from a, a positive standpoint. How much do you need to get done in a day, right? You need to get a lot done. We're all busy, but leaders can't really get stuck in that because we don't have the luxury of sitting around. There's always something to do. There's always somewhere to go. There's always something that needs to be finished. Phone calls, emails, meetings, all of these things are important. But you and I, as leaders, don't have the luxury of not getting our schedules under control. So are you leveraging your time? Let me share this with you about uh, something that, that changed my life. I read a book years ago that's still, Amber, relevant today. It's a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And guess what that book's about? It's about getting things done. And I would suggest that um, you listening out there, just scroll down and click the link in the show notes. And I mean, right now, order this book. And of course, you know, over the years, uh, David Allen even, even refined that book. And now there's one called Getting Things Done in the Digital Age, which is a great book. And you can go that route if you want to, but you've got to read an edition of that book because- All of my buddies still joke uh, with me about it because, you know, I'll do something and I'll use my time wisely. And then uh, one of my buddies will say, man, David Allen would be proud. (laughs) And I'm telling you, as a leader, I really want to get things done and I want to leverage my time. So the bottom line is this, Amber, whether you read David Allen's book or not, you need to figure out some kind of system because you're not going to be able to leverage your time unless you think systematically. And for some people, even myself, and Amber, you know, I talk about systems all day, every day, <laughs> but I'm really not a systems guy uh, just, you know, in, in who I am, but I have uh, had to become somebody who uh, understands systems so that I could leverage my time. So the more, the most important thing for you out there is you need to learn how to use your time wisely and leverage that time to your advantage and ultimately the advantage of the people that are following you
0: Yeah, that was really a helpful and practical book. It's basically a bunch of life hacks for the things that you may not have even noticed are taking up so much time, like the stacks of papers and receipts and the hundreds of emails that you know are important, but they're not the most important in the moment. What do you do with those things? And just those kind of time sucking things that we have to prioritize in life. So I definitely recommend that book. Now, seeing that I'm in a very time-consuming season of life, though, I I think it's probably time to pick it back up and revisit it, because I'm realizing, hmm, I might not have implemented all the systems that I could have. So I know what I need to do in terms of leveraging time. What's the second thing that we as leaders need to leverage?
1: Leaders leverage resources. These would be the tangible parts of your world. What is it that you have at your disposal that otherwise might just be sitting there unless you picked it up and and did something with it and leveraged it properly? If you want your company to grow, no matter where you are on the totem pole, the resources that you have in front of you are going to be what helps you either grow or not grow. So the question for this one is, are you using those resources correctly? Now. I can't even speculate as to what the resources in your particular field are, but I can tell you this. If you don't learn to leverage those resources, your company will not grow. The business world is values-based. What are the resources that are available to you? You need to go into work and look around and see what are the things that are at my disposal? What is there for me to leverage? If you need them to get things done, then you need to use them properly. And that's what leaders do. Your people expect you to use those resources in the right way. So don't let them down. Remember, don't make excuses, make it happen. Put your people in a position with the maximum amount of resources without wasting resources, of course, so that they can get the job done. And One of my my favorite business guys, and everybody's heard of him, I'm sure, um, is a guy named Peter Drucker. And he said this, unless such a commitment is made, there are only promises and hopes, but no plan. (laughs) Mm, And isn't that great? Cheryl Batchelder talks about this very principle that Peter Drucker mentions. And she says it, uh, she talks about it in her book. And the example that she gives is that for too uh, t- too long, you know, people were running around and not using things correctly. And the problem was that they didn't have the right resources in her business to get things done. And so one of those areas was advertising and she realized that she needed to give people the right uh, resources so that they could make sure that they could be the most effective possible. She led in that instance, she made tough decisions. A lot of people did not agree with those decisions, but when she put the right resources in front of the right people, things started to happen. It was not easy, it was tough. It was, of course, put a strain on every other part of the business, but leaders make the tough decisions. And Cheryl Batchelder, in that specific instance, really made great decisions to put resources in the hands of people. In fact, if you want to read that book, that's also in the show notes, but you need to read Cheryl Batchelder's book. Talk about some of the cool stuff that leaders can do with resources. Just like Cheryl or Peter Drucker, you can make a difference for your people. So are you doing that? Are you leveraging those resources? Because your people deserve it.
0: I agree this. This is probably one of my favorite books that I've read so far off of Mo's top 50 books to read. She she just was so committed to leveraging resources, not just to make the company profitable, but to serve her people well. And, And for her, this was the franchise owners. She believed that providing them what they needed to be successful was really the only way that the company would succeed. And I really love that. So again, highly recommend it.
1: Since we're talking about it, I guess I really just kind of, I'm just so excited about that book. It's called Dare to Serve. And you really need to pick that book up. Cheryl Elder's Dare to Serve is going to teach you to do just that. It's going to teach you to serve the people that look to you for answers and look to you to use those resources properly.
0: Yeah. And if you were like me in the beginning and felt like this idea of leverage just didn't fit right or sit right with you. She really helps give you the kind of the courage and the background information of this is why it's so important. If you are doing it for some sort of selfish ambition, yeah, it's going to have a negative connotation. But if you are doing it on behalf of the people that you are trying to lead and invest in, it really becomes the most positive thing that you can do. So, leveraging time and resources put her in the best position to leverage the third and final thing that we will discuss today. So, Mo, tell us about that.
1: Well, lastly, and of course, most importantly, is this. Leaders leverage talent. Leah Coca said this, I hire people brighter than me, and I get out of their way. <laughs> wow! <laughs> That is great. I mean, he knew how to leverage talent. The people that came into his business, he saw them as people that were better, smarter than he was in so many different areas, and he helped them to leverage their own talent and help themselves and the business all at the same time. And no people love the dude. In fact, there's another leader, a guy named Henry Ford, and there's a story that goes, back when a reporter once came into Henry Ford's office and he asked him a question and he he wanted to know how to make a particular part of the car, the famous Model T. And Henry Ford buzzed the front office and had a young man come in who explained how to make the part. And he told the reporter, the reporter wrote it down. The reporter then asked uh, how a specific piece of the assembly line moved, how it worked. How was it efficient? Henry Ford again, buzzed in another person to explain that process. Then when that was over, he looked at the reporter and he said, we can do this all day. I'm not (laughs) successful because I'm the smartest guy in the room. I just make sure to get people around me who know what to do. And that's the essence of leadership, getting people around you who know what to do. And Amber, those people I hope we're going to be better than you. I hope we're going to be better than me. I hope we're going to be better than you out there listening. You need those people on your team. When talking about project management, and that's kind of one of the big terms nowadays, there's a guy named Cornelius Fitchner, and he said this, the P in PM is as much about people management as it is about project management. And as leaders, we all know that people they're our biggest asset, right? John Maxwell said in his book, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. You may have heard me talk about it once or twice, right Amber?
0: <laughs> <laughs> once that or is, twice.
1: I know, right? If you get people in the right place at the right time, nothing else matters. He brought in a really competent, really good leader. And on the first day of being the new CEO of John Maxwell's company. John Maxwell was actually there that morning because he wanted to, you know, just see how things were going, actually be there without not having to be important and being in charge. And the new guy walked in, the new boss, and he walked right past John Maxwell and everybody else. And they were all eating coffee and donuts. And John Maxwell looked at his people and they looked at him and they all kind of had this blank stare like, what just happened? John Maxwell excused himself. Went to the office, which was no longer his, which was the new boss's office. And that boss had already closed the door. John Maxwell <laughs> knocked on the door. Uh, this, is, this is insane. Amazing. He walked, he walked inside and he said, hey, what what's going on? And the new leader, of course, had a lot on his mind, right? Said, John, I've just got a lot to do. I'm really busy. I've got a lot of work to do. John Maxwell pointed out to where the people were. And he said, your work is out there. And man, let me tell you, Amber, that's how leaders think about leadership. They always put their people, they always put their talent first. So I think what we need to realize from all of this is that nothing is more important in your business than the people. If you are not thinking about them every day, thinking about how to to leverage their talent, not, not for what you want, But for what the company needs and what those people individually need, if you're not doing that, then I would suggest a shift in thinking because everybody else can do everything else. But only leaders can put their attention on other people and lead well so that the company thrives, that the people love working there, and that we all go forward to that collective goal.
0: It's amazing because, you know, I I think we've all been in a situation, maybe working under a leader where we felt like we were capable of more, but just didn't know exactly what to do or how to do it or where to go. And really a leader that is committed to leveraging time and resources, and even the talent of those people can look at their people and help them understand or maximize, like you said earlier, their own potential. And then then when someone's investing in you in that way, then you realize a potential that you never had, but you always hoped that you had. And so I, I think that that's really amazing. If leveraging time, resources, and talent is something new to you out there as you're listening, then I suggest you apply what Mo said last week in part one regarding the action of learn. Read some books on people who do this well. Click on the links that are in the show notes that we've already talked about today, and and pick up those ones the other people that your leaders are talking to you about and read and get the information and educate yourself on the ways that people are doing this and find mentors and coaches to come alongside you, to teach you how to do this. Here at rising tide, we'd love to be one of those to come alongside of you. So Mo why don't you tell us a little bit about how that can happen and really some of your final thoughts as we close today.
1: If you don't have a coach in leadership, You got to get one. And we, again, would love, like Amber said, to be a part of that process. But even if you don't uh, get coached by us, get coached somewhere. The way that I learned how to get these three L's to be a part of who I am is walking alongside other great leaders. Don't go it alone. Leadership can get lonely. You can feel like nobody else understands you and they don't. So that's why you need other people alongside you. And Amber, if our leaders out there take these three L's and start applying them, they're going to start getting some great results. And I would love to hear about that. So reach out to us and we'd love to hear what's going on in your lives.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. As a reminder, right now, we are offering a free strengths review session with one of our coaches. If you'd like to know more about that offer, make sure you listen to episode six, Living in Your Strengths. Then go to our website, risingtideleadership.com and scroll down to the contact us section and mention the free strengths review and a member of our team will connect with you. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on this leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. And we will see you next week.